What is up? Welcome back to Big Fat Five, a podcast financially supported by Big Fat Snare Drum. My name is Ben Hilsinger, and this week's guest is Arbok Dahl, a Turkish drummer and founder of T-Symbols. He's worked with countless European artists over the years, in addition to releasing his own solo projects, and worked for decades as the everyman at Istanbul Agop, before taking a crack at doing it all himself, and it's certainly paid off. I met him a few years ago at NAMM, and he's just a hoot. It was really fun to chat with him, and if you're going to NAMM this weekend, be sure to stop by T-Symbols and say hi to Arbok yourself. I'll be there on Sunday, so if you're around, shoot me a DM, and maybe we can link up. So I hope you enjoy this chat with uh, Arbok Dahl about the five, well, actually six records that helped shape him into the drummer and cymbalsmith he is today. Cheers. Let's start. All right. Let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so, Take it easy. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Buckle up. So for this list, what was your criteria for an album to make the top five? Uh, how can I say it? No, I'm 52 years old. I started drumming when I was 14 or 15 years old, I guess. My first drumming hero who was my drumming teacher guy. He's dead. You know, he was a Turkish guy. It was sad for me, you know after many years anyway he was trying he was he was just like bonham you know his hair was just like bonham you know and, and i'm a guy who was born in istanbul in turkey maybe the listeners is something interesting for them you know but the thing is we were listening to this deep purple stuff and you know the led zeppelin stuff i was listening to elvis Presley on my small you know tape cassette player and then afterwards this guy was this this guy the drummer guy was my hero who is that you know my friend anyway and he was trying to play like him, you know, this uh, big kick drum and with a tom and just single tom, you know, floor tom. And, and it's at his home, by the way. I mean, it's crazy because we don't have these American kind of homes. You know, they were just apartments. And he, he was in his bedroom. He was trying to play on these records and LPs. And it was crazy because it was six floor apartment. You know, I was 14 years old. He was 17. And he was say. He was always saying to me like that, you know, hey, can we can you play this ting ti ting 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 ti ting ti ting something like that, you know, we didn't know the notes and other stuff. Anyway, uh, he introduced me to to Led Zeppelin when I was 14 or 15 years old. Then I started to buy some cassettes, not LPs, you know. And afterwards, I got deep into Deep Purple and Live in London by the way was my at first favorite album. You know, okay. Mark Three. I mean, this Glenn Hughes and David Coverdale stuff. Then I start to listen to comment, taste the band with a, a friend of mine from high school. He was bigger than me, and he's still a great LP collector. And he made me listen some good stuff anyway. 
Then I got much more into Deep Purple and they're my childhood stuff which shaped my drumming. In pace or young pace, I don't know how to, let's call them in pace, you know. I mean, they were saying that, look at these hands. I mean, his hands are incredible. And, you know, for the bottom, look, listen to his foot playing, you know, this kick drum. He's, this is incredible something. And I start to get deep into it, you know. Maybe again, something interesting for the listeners is it wasn't easy for us to find some documentation in Istanbul. I mean, these modern drummer magazines, some magazines and other stuff, you know. So we had some big brothers and they were playing and we were going to them and asking questions and questions, questions. And they were trying to teach us as much as they know, by the way, because most of them didn't know. They yeah, were exactly. just playing. I mean, they were just listening to LP. I didn't, they didn't know the notes. If, if, even they didn't know that it was a triple, you know, on the kick like something like that. They didn't know that uh, Bonham was playing these triples. It was like they were just saying that, okay, I listened to it. I know how to play it. And here it is. Just try to learn it, something like that. Anyway, then uh, afterwards, around 1990s, my cousin, who's a U.S. guy, he's living in the U.S. I and mean, he's he's crazy. He's, uh, how can I, he's a death metal guy, but he's a professor from uh, mechanical engineering from USC and he's working for General Electric and he has his drum set, his, his home in Ohio. We grow up together. Anyway, he got into uh, Dave Matthews mm. and he brought me some CDs and other stuff when he was coming for holiday to Istanbul. And then Carter Beaufort, then, you know, the VHS era, educational video times, mm -hmm. which Carter Beaufort also has this educational stuff. Then I got deep into it, you know, and... Afterwards, I mean, Deep Purple and Led Zeppelin start to shape my, how can I say, drumming dreams. Not my drumming, my, but, but my drumming dreams. But of course, there are lots of and lots of and lots of other stuff. And I also, also plus, also listen to Turkish music, which is really very hard and which is really very oriented with the old Byzance or Byzantine. I don't know how to spell it. You know, the Byzance Empire. Yeah, the Turkish the Turkish art music is very close to the Byzantine Empire and Ottoman Empire kind of stuff. I mean, in, uh, when I was younger, I was say, okay, I want to be a rock and roll guy. I, I want to listen to Kiss and other stuff. You know, it was Turkey, Istanbul. We just grew up in Istanbul. Istanbul is a it's a real European. City. It's not like London. It's not like Paris. It's not like Berlin. It's honestly, in my young times, it was honestly where East meets West. I have lots of friends, some Jewish friends and Armenian friends and friends from Greek. You know, they were all living in Istanbul. And we were, when we were in uh, primary school and high school, we had lots of friends and we also shared culture. This helped us a lot, you know, shaping my musical view. Mm -hmm. But in any case, I said Zeppelin and Come and Taste Band start to shape my musical dreams. Then came the Dave Matthews Band and I started to listen to all their albums and I became a fan of Carter Beefert. But I still cannot play like him. It's always really <laughs> no hard. No one can. It's really yeah. hard. Yeah, I mean, it's something different. Uh, we will talk about that later. Then Peter Erskine years came. I started the symbol business. I mean, Istanbul Agop. I started to work for Istanbul Agop. And the thing is, I did everything for Istanbul Agop. I designed symbols. I tested the symbols. I was the marketing manager. I was doing the advertisement for Modern Drummer and Drum, Drum Magazine when they were there anyway. So in those years, I met Peter Erskine at NAMM show. And then afterwards, we went to his home, you know. I wasn't into jazz. Then uh, I was really very impressed. Uh, he gave me his CDs and other stuff. We had, uh, we had the chance to talk. We were talking about the possible Istanbul Egop endorsement with him. 
uh, and it was around 2004 or 2005. I don't remember. Then I start to listen to him and I start to listen his old stuff. And, you know, then things got to shape for me. And I said, okay, this is something really different going on with him. And it was my time to understand this. I mean, how can I describe? He's playing and his sound start to come to me to very familiar, which I don't know why. You know, then I start to deep into go to because it's something like art. I mean, he's playing so artful that he's just like painting something. Okay, Winnie Kaliuta is the same, of course. But to me, Peter Erskine is something like, who was that actor, The Silence of the Lambs? Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins, yeah. Yeah, when Anthony Hopkins acts, I feel something. You know, I also uh, follow him on Twitter and he's really funny, but he's still... Oh, he's, he is? He's still, That's awesome. Yeah, and he's there, but he's, he's, a, he's a very funny guy, by the way. But he has this, still know. he has this, you know, the look, the shape, you know. And Peter Erskine is almost the same for me. Then afterwards, I also listen to the new stuff, but Sleep Talking. Then I watched the Dremel video of two, the guys two, uh, from London. I'm just impressed because he just mixed everything. All this hip-hop, some jazz and rock, new metal. Yeah, I mean, it's a kind of stars old mix, you know. I try to explain to my customers about T-Symbols. I own a brand, T-Symbols, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, when they ask me for some symbols and when they sent me some artist requests and other stuff, anyway, I sent them a color scale. When they see the colors, I say that, okay, this, this hi-hat is red and this crash is this dark brown or something like that. It's, and this is your sound palette, you know? But it's in colors. You cannot, because people can understand much easier by looking into colors and when i start to listen i mean my first uh, i first listened to the new album take me back to eden with sleep token i was impressed with these colors you know it was just a visionary thing it was just going to an art gallery in amsterdam i don't know how to describe it but i'm just trying to describe it with colors it was I love just it. like yeah it's then after worst toto of course jeff porcara i mean mm. Why? Because there is something very steady with him and there is something, I mean, it feels like a brother, It's a big brother, you know. This guy, maybe if he's still living, let's say, if you go to him and ask something, you feel that he definitely will tell you what it is, you know. Especially all the Toto stuff, but especially my favorite is always became, I don't know why, the Kingdom of Desire album. Yeah, when you sent that over, I don't. That's the album that I probably know the least about. So I'm excited to listen to some songs from that for sure. Yeah, sure. Let's go. <laughs> All right, everyone. I wanted to share some exciting news that the latest season of the podcast Food on Tour has just begun. Touring drummer and good buddy of mine, Mike Robinson, who plays with Oliver Tree, he's covered a few gigs for me with Cannons. He's also played with K-Flay, Delwater Gap, Blame My Youth, and many more. He dives into mouthwatering conversations with professional musicians and artists to uncover their most cherished bars and restaurants to frequent on tour, from hidden gems to five-star meals at iconic establishments around the world. Fans of food, music, and travel can look forward to new episodes every Monday. So download Food on Tour wherever you listen to your podcasts and give Mike a, a, a sup for me. A horrible way to end this. Cheers. Hey, y'all. I wanted to. <laughs>
<laughs> I can't say. I wanted to talk to you about a drum I've recently received from Preston at Vessel Drum Co. It's an ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum, and it's incredible. It's got a 1.5 millimeter shell, brass shell, with 10 lugs, chrome over brass, triple flange hoops, a trick uh, three position strainer, 42 strand wires. It's lovely, it's loud, and it cuts and records as beautiful as a piece of butter cake. And, and Preston actually, this is why it's called the Ocean Patina, is he covers the shell with seaweed and then drops it in the ocean for a certain period of time. And then it patinas with all these crazy cool designs. And if you all remember, Preston was actually one of the first guests on the podcast. When I first started out, I didn't really know what the Big Fat Five format was going to be or if it was going to be even Big Fat Five at all. But I went to his garage, his his you know where he makes all of his drums. It was really cool. He walked me through the episode is essentially from start to finish what happens with a drum, and it was it was a really fun episode. It's now archived at bigfatsnaredrum.com, just because it doesn't fit the format of Big Fat Five. I want you to get back to the show, but go check it out. This drum is beautiful, and he actually let me use it on an Eve Six tour, and I didn't keep it and I regretted it ever since then just because I was trying to pinch pennies at the time and I just kept thinking about it and so the opportunity to get it again was presented and it is one of my favorite drums so the ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum check it out reach out to me go to vessel drum co the instagram's just at vessel drum co and check it out it's amazing it's beautiful sounds great bye but before we get into that, let's hop into your big fat five. You gave a great little overview of, of everything right now. So the first one is Led Zeppelin Four. The artist is, of course, Led Zeppelin. Key track, Stairway to Heaven, Black Dog, and the drummer is John Bonham. But you said your brother introduced you to this album, right? Not, not my brother. I mean, the, the guy who was my hero, the oh, drum teacher. Hero. Let's say teacher, a friend. You know, he was a crazy guy. I mean, he's dead right now. Anyway, he didn't, the funny thing is he didn't know anything about that. He knows that Zeppelin, you know, his name, but he couldn't describe me how he, you know, uh, played, but he was playing. It was crazy, my friend. It was crazy. I mean, his hair was just like that. He was just like Bonham, young, and he had the feel. He was playing in his bedroom, small bedroom with an apartment, six floor apartment. Everybody was getting crazy. And he had that sound with a Turkish drum brand, you know, a very cool Turkish drum brand. A, a, a guy was making those drums and he bought it. I don't know how, you know. Were people just banging on the walls the whole time and like... No, they, they were coming to the door because he was living with his mama and they were coming to the door and he was just saying shit and other stuff anyway. He wasn't taking it because he wasn't going to school, by the way. I mean, he was 17 years old, but he wasn't going to school. And he was saying, hey, get some beer and let's drink some beer. And I was small. I said, okay, I can go and buy some beers and other stuff. I was drinking him beer to teach me much more. You know, it's crazy. It was crazy. That's a childhood for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's just do Black Dog, which is the first song on the record. I mean, everyone's heard heard When the Levee Breaks. Obviously, it's a great, great song. But let's do Black Dog. Okay. Shake that thing, gonna make you burn, gonna make you stay. <laughs> 
All right, so number two, the album is Come and Taste the Band. The artist is Deep Purple. And key tracks getting tighter, you keep on moving, and like I, like we said, Ian Pace. But but yeah, why why specifically this record? Mark three, Glenius. Glenius played uh, in Istanbul one month or one and a half month ago. Again, my friends were just the booking guys. Anyway, I watched him play. He's still rocking. I mean, and they had a different kind of chemistry. So. Very soulful, very funky, very, how can I say, I don't know how to describe it, but you just get fired with it, you know? So I would like to listen to Getting Tighter, which is one of my favorites, for example. Yeah, absolutely. Here we go. Getting Tighter. And so number three, you already talked about Mr. Carter, but it's uh, the album's Crash. The artist is, of course, Dave Matthews. Key tracks, too much. I was just much. shocked, man. Oh, the yeah. sound, the playing, the style, the energy. I mean, and the things that he just brought into this music, you know. His style is incredible, uh, but bringing something very fresh and tasty to this music, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to describe it in my own way. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. So let's All go right. too much. Yep, here you go. Here's right. Too Much by Dave Matthews Band. That's snare drum. So, 
Number number four is Beyond Closed Doors. You talked talked about him in a uh, you talked about all these guys, but Peter Erskine, the key tracks Bulgaria, and yeah, drummer's Peter Erskine. So take it away, and then we'll listen to some some Bulgaria. When I was Peter Erskine's home, and he's uh, recording and teaching studio, small stuff uh, near his house, he was damn organized. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen anything like this before. I'm not an organized guy. You see me right now. <laughs> so, but he was <laughs> crazy. All these CDs and other stuff had these texts on it, like these colored ones. And maybe dozens of CDs, dozens of CDs and other stuff. And wow. he was organizing his students with his calendar. And he had his books and other stuff. I was just shocked. You know, I was just like in a computer. I start to feel like 1010. Everything was just like 1010. Too much organized. Anyway, and his drumming is organized to me. It feels, uh, I feel or, uh, the, his uh, playing style very organized. It's been fun to go off that with talking to, because I've talked to the best drummers in the world, I'll say it. And yeah. it's so interesting how there is no through line with drummers. You'd think like, oh, all the greats always do this, or all the greats always have this kind of mentality. There's so many people at the elite level that, they all think so differently. So it's it's refreshing yes. to be like, oh, I might not be organized. I'm same with you. I don't consider myself the most organized person, but that's fine. You know, you can't get yes, like... It is, it is, you know, it is. Everybody's different, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it, it was shocking. I mean, so I think this also affects his music and style, Peter Ruskin, to me. I mean, Absolutely. My taste, yeah. All right, here's... Bulgaria. Yep, there you go. <laughs> Bye. 
So cool. I'm definitely going to listen to that record. Wow. Organized, right? Yeah. And this big band feel, it's crazy. I mean, his right works, the, the way he plays the right. And as a symbol maker, he gets so much out of this right symbol. Mm -hmm. And it's not really easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So you do have two more left. And you did talk about them, both, both Toto and Sleep Token. So let's just go to Toto and the album. Again, you said, I mean, with all of these, I think I kind of forced you to pick a record. But these are just the drummers as a whole had a big impact on you. So, of, co of course, Jeff Picaro. But you chose Kingdom of Desire because you said that's the one that always just stands out to you. And it's Toto, if I didn't say that. So, yeah, talk about that record a little more in depth, and then we'll listen to a song from, from Kingdom of Desire. But go ahead. Everybody said lots of things about Jeff Porcaro. Okay, mm -hmm. he's, he's a legend, sure. and he's a great guy. He's a great musician. He's one of the most recorded guys in the musical history, as far as I know. As I told you before, he's just like, I feel him like a big brother. I mean, if he was living, if I went to him and I just... Ask him that, what did you feel when you were playing Jack to the Bone? You know, for example, the song, the last song of this Kingdom of Desire album, for example. And I definitely do believe that he will just answer me like a family. I, I cannot find any words about his playing because his constancy, the way he plays, his approach, his timing, his dynamics, and everything is perfect. So... His personality seems to be perfect because I don't know him personally. But from the things that he plays, I mean, how he plays that instrument, what uh, makes me feel is that he's a very, very nice guy. And, you know, he's very... Music is feeling. I mean, I just feel it. Yeah. Sometimes you don't want to dissect it. Yeah. No, I, mean, I just close my eyes because it's also important. I mean, I try to close my eyes when I listen to music, you know, in order to concentr concentrate it much more you know then i start to feel and uh, then i start to hear also lots of other things so jake to the bone here we go jake to the bone Technically, this will be your sixth one, but let's just let's just go into it. So I do want to talk about Sleep Token, and I don't know if if Two is his name, if he wants me to say this, but we've we've talked a little bit over DMs on the Big Fat. He is a nice guy, so I'm I'm a big fan of Two, and because of that, I'm a big fan of Sleep Token. So, do you have a song you want to play from Sleep Token, just to kind of show people what's what's going on? The summoning. I mean, all of all of them is great. 
this album in 2023 it's an album it's just like you go to an art gallery in Amsterdam mm -hmm. you just step inside sit and start to look and your brain starts to wash itself with different colors something different is out of this world you know and this album all of the songs give that feeling to me mm -hmm. but we can play summoning i mean but i always i recommend the whole album to everyone you know it's it's a different kind of thing all right the summoning here we go I want to give you a platform to talk about T-Symbols, and so okay. this is uh, your company. So yeah, take it away, and then and then I'll, I, I know it's late. You are in Turkey right now, and I am not, so it's late for you, but uh, let's no, talk about Turkey. No, it's okay for me. I, I got used to uh, work at these hours. I mean, it's 11 p.m. here, but you know, all of my stuff is with email, so I just uh, stay around uh, 1 a.m., sometimes 2 a.m., so it's okay for me, no problem. Okay. Uh, T-Symbols, as I said, I started working with Istanbul Egop uh, at 1998, I guess. Then for nine or ten years, I don't remember exactly, uh, I worked for them. Uh, I designed symbols and, you know, I tested symbols. I tried to market the brand and I tried to learn everything, you know, about the business. And afterwards, I quit the company because I was playing a lot with well-known Turkish guys in Turkey and in Europe, because there's a big Turkish community. I mean, these Turkish songs are really popular in Europe. But uh, symbol, making symbols is my passion. And I start to think about forming a company and I formed T-Symbols with a child of friend of mine who is my partner and he's a great bass player. And we start playing together, by the way, and we are partners. So it's my passion to make symbols. I love making symbols. So everybody can check out tsymbols.com, our mm. website. I'll link it in the show notes. Yeah, the thing is, I mean, <clears throat> the logo is ours. All the models are our models. We try to capture some different sounds. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> I love what I'm doing, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to find out if, if I do this crash, what will happen? If I do this stuff, what will happen? And if I 
just let it like that. What will happen if I hammer this? What will happen? You know, but the simple business is crazy. There are lots of companies uh, all around. It's a competition. I'm okay with that. What I'm trying to do is, I mean, I first bought one Zildjian and one Sabian, you know, with a, uh, my mo mother's money. You know, she gave me the money and I mm -hmm. bought it. So it was precious to me. And it wasn't easy at those times that we weren't, uh, also in the United States, it wasn't easy to buy a musical instrument, you know. And so I'm just trying to make a, a precious high-end musical instrument and I want people to appreciate it. I just want to be a trustable brand. And these guys are drummers and the partner is a bass player. They love music. They are still playing and they are trying to make a musical instrument and they are trying to give their best to all the drummers around the world with their high-end instrument and their custom stuff. We also do the custom stuff. I mean, I cannot limit any imagination because I was all, I'm always... I have all, uh, lots of uh, drum maker friends and other friends all around the world. I mean, not in U.S. I always ask about these drums and, uh, you know, woods and other stuff. They're asking me about the symbols. I mean, I love to answer all the emails by myself. Uh, we are four guys. We are very small. We have a, a workshop, which we also have a small kind of studio inside. And we are making custom symbols as well as uh, regular stuff. And I love answering all the questions about the symbols because it's my passion. What I do is I told you, I mean, some artist requests or some questions are coming. I'm just trying, to, I'm listening to their albums and I'm just listening to their stuff from YouTube, whether it's a, you know, uh, up and coming guy or just, just a young, very young drummer. It doesn't matter to me. And I'm just trying to figure out a different kind of combination for them. We also laser engrave the logos and we customize them. And I don't limit it to anyone else. You know, if we... For example, a young drummer, 17 years old from Norway. He was a death metal guy, you know, something like that. And I did, did, did him a favor. I mean, it was a surprise for him that I just find out his logo and put it on the laser engraving and I sent the symbols with the laser engraving. And he was really very happy. You know, I knew that this will push him a lot because he knew that a company, big or small, is caring about him. You know, he's just not another customer. He's a musician and we are just trying to take, because that's why, because we, I mean, uh, it's where we are coming from as a drummer uh, for 50, nearly 35 years or something like that, maybe where I'm still drumming. I'm still buying snare drums. I'm still looking at drums and other stuff. I want to die like this, you know. I go to NAMM show and for a whole day, my wife says to me, you go to NAMM show, but why do you go to the Orange County uh, Mall and look at the Guitar Center again? Are you crazy, you know, at night at 8 o'clock, you know. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I, I live like this, you know. I need to listen to music and symbol is also my passion. I mean, I love it. Mm -hmm. So, it's, by the way, it's a different kind of metal business. It's, it's, it's a business. It's something different, you know. But as a drummer... T-Symbols is, I'm 100% behind the product. If I, because I don't have any chance to make something wrong, you know, it's, I'm not, not a symbol maker, I'm a drummer, then I'm a symbol maker. And so maybe you can play my symbols if you want. <laughs> I want to try them out for sure. Yeah, sure, sure. Absolutely. Uh, you have my number, I have your number, just call me, okay? Sounds so just great. Just text message me, yeah. Perfect. We can have a coffee or maybe I can grab you one beer. I'll take a beer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I'll see you soon then. Okay, man. I, I do appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. Stay safe. Bye-bye.
All right. This week's big fat favorite is from a very nice guy with a very nice first name, Ben Barter, who plays drums for Lord. And one of his choices was the album Afternooners, released years 1982. The artist is Patrick Cowley, and the song choice is Big Shot. So here's what Ben had to say. I had just started playing around with synths when I was introduced to Patrick Cowley's Afternooners album. And it's one album that got me into my love of electronic music. I love the simplicity of his drumming and how it seamlessly integrates with the synth parts. I'm a big fan of a no-nonsense, no-frills groove, but one that still makes you want to dance. The parts are effective and tasteful, but subtle and simple. A hallmark of successful dance music. The drums on this record sound so full and punchy, and the tone and energy of the drums makes me think his earlier drumming in bands had some punk tendencies, or at least I've read that he had been introduced to bands like Devo and the Talking Heads around that time, which may have influenced his drum sound. He was also a successful disco producer, with his most notable song being You Make Me Feel, Mighty Real by Sylvester. These two worlds combine so well, producing raw, straight ahead, but very danceable music. All right, here is Big Shot by Patrick Cowley. the show if you're listening on a platform that allows ratings and reviews do that it helps more people find the show so it'll get bigger and better and hopefully i'll have a chance to sell out one day but you'll be an og listener that can brag to all your friends anyways why don't you go and check us out at bigfatsnaredrum.com and follow us on all the socials just search for big fat snare drum and you will find us the show is edited in part using isotope rx audio editor it's amazing so go check that out at isotope.com And thanks again to Gunnar Olsen for the theme music. Bye.